The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. My name is Joel Penfield. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this episode. I know we are in the throngs of the football season now as baseball is winding down, but I appreciate you making this a part of your day. Joining me to talk about the Royals today, I'm something he's not necessarily accustomed to on a full podcast, Peter Apple, Just Baseball Media, co-host of the Just Baseball Show. Really awesome content uh, if you're looking to add another baseball show from a national perspective into your rotation. They're all over YouTube, wherever you can get your stuff, and also follow them on TikTok, too. They post a really cool, the best clips from their episodes on there. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, the host of the Just Baseball Show. I also host uh, Not Gambling Advice, which is my gambling podcast. You know, if you're into the gambling aspect of it, I uh, host another one over there. And if you're a football fan as well, you're kind of a dual sport athlete, as I like to say, you like football and baseball, go check me out over there too. But thanks for having me on, Joel. Okay, before we get into the baseball, the the royal stuff that I want to hit on, you mentioned the the Not Gambling Advice. Now, gambling is now legal in Kansas. So this is a brand new thing since the, the start of September. I've started to dive into it, but mostly dove into like NFL and college football. I haven't necessarily gone into the baseball sphere with it yet because as much as I love baseball and I think I know baseball, it's really fluky to where I'm like, I, I don't know how I can, uh, I don't know how often you went, but you've had a pretty good run this year. I think you're like what 54% or something like that. win hit this year. Yeah. So, 55% we're up about 39 units. 39.44 units so for any any you know new gamblers who aren't really sure what a unit is that's how you should be basing your bets so a unit and the, the most responsible way is to set up a bankroll and then let's say you set up a thousand dollars to bet or something like that and you're like as if i lost every single dollar i'd be okay with it that's what you should do and then uh, a unit is one percent of that bankroll so let's say your unit size is just for round number's sake. Let's say it's $100. So betting every single one of my picks this year has netted you almost $4,000. That's basically how each unit is divided. And, you know, sticking to that, don't parlay, don't get no. crazy because baseball is fluky. Um, that's really the way that I've seen myself be able to win both last year and this year. Okay, so what are some tips you could give to – for those that want to bet on baseball, what are some things that you look for when you're looking at a play you want to make? 
So I, yeah, there's a lot of things that I like to look at. Um, first, like when I'm looking at totals, when I'm looking at over unders, like that's what a total is basically in a baseball game. I really, it's really about the pitchers, but I also like to look at how are the bullpens been doing and a great website to use all of this kind of stuff and to get all this this statistical analysis is you use fan graphs, you go to the splits leaderboards and you separate, like, let's say how um, the, for example, Angel, angels versus Rangers today. Um, the angels don't have the worst bullpen in baseball, but they've been used five days in a row and they have the worst FIP in the month of September. So they've been really, really bad lately and they're tired. So they're going to be putting in more guys who are not as good Then on the Rangers side. We've seen that, um, Dane Dunning against the Angels in particular, like it's it's important not to look at hey how is this one pitcher performing? How is he doing lately? How does he match up against this specific team? So Dane Dunning has been crushed by the Angels, and then the Rangers bullpen has been used a ton too, and they're about league average in September. While you know they may have some good names, and you see that Dane Dunning is good at home, do you believe that Dane Dunning is actually as good at home? So you have to kind of judge it like that. It's fluid. There's not a one trick to be good at baseball gambling. You just Look at specific matchups. Don't really worry about trends all that much. Look out how guys are doing lately because we know that baseball is a momentum sport. And when you're playing bad, you're more often going to play bad the next day. If you're playing well, you might keep that hot streak. So that's how I play it. Play momentum. Look at specific matchups. Don't worry about trends as much as they might be more trendy for the lack of a better word. Besides the day-to-day, did you have any futures that you laid preseason that are looking pretty good right now? Aaron Judge plus 1800 to win the MVP. There you go. Well, that, yeah, that one seems pretty solid right now. And you're a Yankee fan. So that makes a ton of sense. I got, I got Sandy Alcantara plus 4,000 Cy Young preseason. So that one, that one felt better. That's that one felt even better. And I also have the bias thing working for me. You're a Royals fan betting on a Miami, Miami Marlins, and he's going to win the Cy Young too. That's a phenomenal bet. Yeah, I I also then then you have the complete other side of it where I took Wander Franco plus eighteen hundred. So you got you got your give and take there. Yeah, I mean I took Garrett Cole to win the Cy Young in the American League. How well is well, that working? Well, I mean if he maybe one day if he stops pitching in a little league park, he might uh might might actually have a chance there. <laughs> All right, before we get into our uh, talking about the athletic article and Dayton Moore's comments, the show is always brought to you by Kansas City Strength and Conditioning. Let's hear a quick word from them. From the beginning, we knew right away that we wanted to do strength conditioning and a throwing program for the baseball and softball community. It wasn't something we were trying to back into or all of a sudden learn. We knew we were really good at these coaching these skills from the get-go. And the fact that we're in the same business and the employees are all on the same page, you know, we can write a program based off of what a kid needs, not just getting him stronger or faster from a general sense. It's what does this kid need? On the pitching end, we can say, hey, this kid needs such and such. He needs to do this or that better. A lot of times it turns out it's not something that needs to be fixed in the baseball cage or on the throwing mound. It actually needs to be fixed in the weight room. Thank you, as always, KCSC for sponsoring this show. Be sure to check them out if you have a baseball or softball player in the area that needs a place to train. All right, Peter. So there was an article that was written by three former beat writers for the Kansas City Royals and Andy McCullough, who's with the, I believe the LA Times now, or, or might be the Athletic. I know he's at the LA Times for a little bit, but wrote for the Kansas City Star. Rustin Dodd, who was at the Athletic, that wrote for the Kansas City Star for a long time. Then Alec Lewis, who just left uh, to go cover the Minnesota Vikings, they co-wrote an article basically saying how the pitching development for the Royals has absolutely failed. 
Um, they were a little bit nicer in their assessment of it, but that's essentially what the, the context of this was. And considering that the Royals spent so much of their draft capital in 2018 and beyond on the pitching side to try and have a wave to match up with these hitters, um, it's obviously a, has not worked really outside of Brady Singer to this point. Just a couple of notes in here about what the Royals have done. I mean, and hell, there, there are comments in here, and interestingly enough, um, this the the tweet that I'm pulling this from is Colby Olson, who does stuff for just baseball. So I didn't realize that until I, I pulled up the tweet here. But there was a long time ago, there was even a few years ago, the Royals didn't want their pitchers to long toss. But there's stuff near now. Players can't watch film without a coach present. They have like a complete failure of design, pitch design technology in Rapsodo, Edutronic that most other, I'd say 80 to 90% of other major league organizations have and use to maximize their pitchers requiring pitchers to throw their fastballs down in the zone, regardless of their spin rate and pitch type. It's just like archaic stuff that has obviously, it's not, it's not even like they're doing all of this stuff and it's working. They found a way to make it work. They're not even doing that. It's been a colossal failure this year from rookie ball all the way to the major leagues of not being able to get guys to strike out, not being able to, you know, there are so many pitchers that have five plus ERAs over a full season. Alec Marsh struck out 140 guys in double A. That's great. He has a seven, four ERA. Like, I don't know what the, uh, the obvious fix here is just to tear it down and move on. We've seen them do that on the hitting side. Um, and now they're a top 10 development, you know, hitting development organization in baseball. But what do you think about all of this? When you, when you read the article, when you saw all of this come out? Well, first, they're not taking responsibility for their actions. And what that makes me think about it more is that even if they're failing, their ego is getting in the way. I mean, that's just my take from it. You know, this could be conjecture. This could be not true. But when I read the article, when I've seen how this has been an organizational failure, to use your words, that it seems that no matter what the results are, there is a line of thinking there in Kansas City that they will not move on regardless. And it just hasn't worked, and they're not willing to move on from it. What I've seen, and even in your division with the Cleveland Guardians, what they seem to do is that they draft guys who can pitch, maybe have two really solid pitches, and they're going to help you develop a third. Because there's a big thing in Major League Baseball. A lot of guys have great stuff. Of course they do. A lot of guys have great stuff. You're in the Major League Baseball. But you got to find pitchers, like, pitchers who know how to get outs what the Royals did right remember when they drafted Ace Lacy and what was Ace Lacy's calling card right really really good stuff how yeah. good of a pitcher was Ace Lacy coming out of the draft that was Not, where some concerns coming from oh, them. yeah so and this has been a common trend a guy like Daniel Lynch Chris Bubich you know they go for the shiny stuff when they say well can you actually pitch can you actually command that within the strike zone and then when they get there, they aren't teaching them that. They just go with their common way that isn't working. Like, you have to be customizable. You have to be quick on your feet with these guys. Like, every player in Major League Baseball is completely different. And when you run them through the same system, like, go look at how the Dodgers are doing it. You know, they the have invested race. so much in player development, as the Guardians have as well. And look what's happening. They just spawn these guys out of nowhere. You know, I, I even find that this is off topic of the Royals, but we heard Austin Voth, right? He was with the Nationals, and he was not good with them. Then he goes no. over to the Royals, and he made a comment saying, 
the Orioles just opened my eyes to all these different stats and analysis. Like it's clear that the Royals are on the forefront of not knowing what they're doing, maybe similar to the Washington Nationals over there. So it has been an organizational failure, and I don't see it changing anytime soon unless they completely revamp everything. And we've seen them do that. They've made a complete teardown of the hitting development after 2019. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with how that went for the minor leagues in 2019, but Nick Prada was a colossal failure in high A. MJ Melendez was a colossal failure in high A. Like the guys that they were banking on that are now in the big leagues, or at least, you know, have gotten big league time. Like we thought their careers were done. Like they were non-prospects. They brought in Drew Saylor, who was, I believe at the time was the high A manager for the uh, in the Dodgers organization to run hitting, and it has completely changed in a heartbeat. Now you have guys that were either non-prospects or fringe-type guys that have been able to make it to the big leagues quickly. Or a guy like Michael Massey, who had a great year in high A and hit his way from double A to the big leagues to be an everyday second baseman right now. Turned Vinny Pasquantino into one of the best hitters in that lineup, one of the best young hitters in baseball uh, out the gate right away. So we've seen them do it. It's just a matter of them actually wanting to get there and actually do that, and it's up to them. And we've seen it since 2018 at the big league level. They hired Cal Eldred, who had never been a pitching coach prior, and I know I have talked about this. If you listen to this podcast since April, I mean, I've been hammering this. He had never been a pitching coach yeah. before he got hired by the Royals, and it's been a colossal failure since then. Like the, the, pitching, the pitching staff has not been good. Brady Singer has turned out to be a legit one-two for this team, which is awesome. What else do you have? I, we're going into next year, into 2023, thinking, okay, what's the rotation going to look like? Brady Singer. And that's about it. Like, you don't know what you have. Grinky. And I, maybe. And if they want to bring him back, fine. Like, I, if you want him to be your four or five, sure. Like, he can he can do something. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good enough pitcher that he's he been, can. He's been awesome at Kauffman Stadium this year. Awesome. Yes. Now, you send him on the road, and you're praying and yeah. praying and praying. And I'm sure you're fading the Royals when you see Grinky on the mound on you the road. You right. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I understand that some of this is, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect and guys bust. Like I get it, happens. but yes, it happens. But we've seen like, there have been flashes of good Daniel Lynch. There have been flashes of good Chris Bubich. I don't know what the hell happened to Jackson Kowar. I thought he was a surefire thing as there could be. And he's had one of the worst starts to a major league career ever. So there's a little bit of chicken or the egg in this where, are these guys really just did they just bust and it's a shit happen sort of thing and you need to go and find the next guys or is this an organizational failure and you're going to go and you know maybe you can turn it around and it seems like opposing scouts and other people in other organizations think that's the case because they have said you know guys like Singer, Bubich, Coar, Lynch if they were in with the Dodgers, the Rays, the Guardians, the Giants, any of these other organizations, they'd be studs. Yep. They would be at least at the worst mid-rotation guys. They wouldn't be some of the worst pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. So that makes me think, okay, you bring in the third, you know, the guy third down the ladder from the Rays, bring him in to come in and change your pitching development. Maybe you can, maybe you can turn these, this thing around because so much of this rebuild that's failed for four years now has hinged on these pitchers. I totally agree with you. I am on the same page as you. Daniel Lynch is too good to for the production that he's shown. Even like Chris Bubich is too good. These guys have this. It's great stuff. It's great stuff. Asa Lacey, I keep going back to him. I loved him coming out of college. But these guys just can't develop in Kansas City. 
and it is an organizational failure. And you're right. If they were with the Dodgers, if they were with the Guardians, if they were with the Rays, these guys would be studs. And that's just the reality in Kansas City right now. But at the same time, like you mentioned, how they've revamped the hitting. So it is possible. It's it not is. like this is a doomed organization for the rest of time. This is These are tangible things that you can fix. You fix the hitting, and maybe it is a process at this point. Because I didn't expect the Royals to be this bad this year. But this is just a continued thing. And until they revamp that side of, of the team, you have no chance. Because the thing is, the longer you wait to revamp, the better the other organizations get. That's the thing. Technology is advancing at crazy rates. Remember six years ago, the iPhone came out. Now we have the iPhone 40. It's like that in baseball. Guys get better every single day and they're just accelerating and there's a full buy-in. Teams are investing millions and millions of dollars into player development. So the longer they wait, like if they don't do it this offseason, then they wait another year, you're just falling behind the eight ball. So you could go get that third string guy from Tampa, but is the organization willing to completely revamp? Because to your point in that article, it doesn't seem like they're even taking they're even acknowledging that there's a problem there. So it's one thing to bring in a guy who's the third string from the Rays and hope that he's a better pitching coach. There's another thing for the whole organization to buy into the fact, hey, what we're doing is not the right way of doing things, and we have to put our ego aside in order to be better as a baseball team. So I ask you, Joel, do you think that the Royals can do that? I think they can. I mean, we've seen the, like I said, I've mentioned it and you mentioned it. There is precedent to them completely revamping one side of their player development. So they can do it. It's just a matter of them being able to get out of their own way and just do it. And you mentioned a little while ago about just kind of the arrogance of the way that they are talking about it. And Dayton Moore made some comments and he's done this a couple of times this year where it's just like, man, just sit in your office and just please stop talking. Please stop <laughs> talking to the media. Like I, I get it. You know, you want to be forward facing as the president of the baseball ops, but some, there are some times where you just shouldn't say anything. And he made some comments uh, to on 610 with jo Josh Vernier uh, on Sunday, I believe it was where he said, and this is just one of the quotes in here. He said, of course, we had a lot of people in the organization disappointed in that piece because it wasn't factual and it left out of a lot of important things. I speak to the upside of where we are and where we're going with our pitchers. So if it was some slapdick like me that wrote the article, sure, you can go ahead and, and say what you want about me. I don't care. Not McCullough. But, or He's McCullough, a dog. I love him. Rustin Dodd, Alec yeah. Lewis are three fantastic writers that have ton of, done a ton of great work and storytelling in Kansas City. They know their stuff. Yep. So if like saying that about them tells me you just didn't like what they wrote. Exactly. And it seems very – and it's very calculated that since Alec Lewis left – about two, three weeks ago to co-cover the Vikings. Now the article comes out because the Royals don't have a beat writer. Right. Do you think that writers have an agenda against the Royals. I'm sure no. they're all Royals fans deep down and they want this team to get better. They're just writing a hit piece on purpose. When, if you, you know, Joel, if you had an option, like pick your best Kansas city writers, like a couple of them would probably be in it. Who oh, else yes. are you going to get to cover the Royals? Then diehard guys who have worked in Kansas city, know the team front and back. And just want the team to succeed and show the fans what's happening. They didn't write something that was untrue. They wrote something that was true and they didn't like it. Yeah, and Ryan Lefebvre, who actually he was the play-by-play -play announcer for the Royals on Bally Sports, he was the one that asked the question. I feel like it was framed really like badly. I don't know if you saw this, but he had, the question that got to Dayton Moore's answer was, "How do you decide what is valid criticism and what's just somebody shooting off their shooting their mouth off?" That was the way that he framed the question about the article. And 
that feels like it was tailored to people like in the media not wanting to believe what's in the article. And again, mm. it's just a, an organizational thing that I just it's infuriating (laughs) because like everybody can see it from fans to people like me that are like very lowercase J journalists covering this team to people that are capital J journalists covering this team, people outside the organization like you and other people at like John boy media and Barstool, whoever else that covers this, you know, that covers baseball knows Royals pitching sucks. It's clear. And, and it's, it's so clear and obvious that there is talent in this organization. You just have to be able to find it, man. There's so much talent. There's so much talent. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, we even look at some of the top prospects, like right now, like you have a guy named um, Ben Kurna. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name, but I know it's that Co- he, Ben Kuderna. Ben Kuderna. Like, I know that he's a top prospect in your guys, but like Frank Mazzucato, like a lot of our guys love him. Beck Way, who mm-hmm. you got in that Ben Attendee deal coming over from the Yankees. Like, I thought to myself, I didn't want to give away Beck Way in that deal. And Beckway's yeah. shoved in his first outing for the Royals. Like yeah. there are guys here, and there are guys that are continue and continue to at least rise in the maybe in the minor leagues, but then they get to the major leagues and they just haven't been taught enough. I mean, what are you gonna do when you go up against these teams that are just first of all, they have the same level of talent? Everybody's talented in major league baseball, but they have your number. They just have they have better numbers than you do. They know what you're gonna pitch and what situations, and then they throw you out there when maybe your strength is throwing the high fastball up in the zone. That's what you made your money on, and then the Royals brass is telling you no. It's a part of our organization to throw it low, and then you get crushed. Well, I mean, whose fault is that? Whose yeah. fault is that? Is that the pitcher? It's an organizational failure. So I don't even blame any of the Royals pitchers. I really don't. Brady Singer coming out of college. Are you kidding me? I was obsessed with that man. Like uh, Jackson Core coming out of Florida. Are you kidding me? Like these guys, the drafting, I was always on board. It's not that you've drafted, you know, like, oh my God, you took this guy. Like Frank Mazzucato, great pick. They've drafted, but they've really, drafted really well. What they have done is they have exactly. not, they have like out scouted their development is essentially what they've done. And what you really need to do essentially is out like out develop your scouting. 
to a certain degree and be able to take the guys that you have and make them better. That's what you see. Like you and I could go get picked up by the Rays. You give us an offseason program and we could probably pitch to what? Like maybe a five ERA and not be horrible. I'd like to give myself a four, seven, five. Yeah. Something like that, <laughs> man. Uh, I don't want to spend too much more time on this because it's just going to get me fired up and annoyed, but I, I'm glad that at least some somebody outside the organization and that doesn't cover this team every single day recognizes how horrific this has been for this organization. We've talked about the Royals hundreds of times on the Just Baseball show and just like we talk about how much we love Bobby Witt, and how much we love Prado and um, and MJ Melendez. Like MJ Melendez is a friend of the program and we're obsessed with the hitters. Like we believe that the Royals have a real shot here if they do something with the pitching that has been the story of the year if these guys can develop their starters this is a scary young team and until they do that they will be a hundred loss team because we know that starting pitching wins games in baseball yeah absolutely this is uh, like i don't even think the bullpen's that horrible but they've been so taxed because the the starters can't go deep into games and like exactly tonight recording this on wednesday and daniel lynch is going tonight hopefully he can turn it around a little bit, but the twins have absolutely had his number this year. Uh, at least it seems that way. And I, I don't know what to make of this. And we're recording this on like I said, Wednesday afternoon. So by the time you're listening to this on Friday, um, this is already going to have happened, but it is interesting that John Sherman, the owner of the Royals has called a press conference for later this afternoon. I wish we were recording later in the day so I could react to it, but I'll be curious what happens here. I don't know if it's going to be a, the kind of attaboy vote of confidence thing at the end of the year that sometimes owners or front office people will do, or if this is a head's going to roll and we got to change things sort of deal. I don't know, but well, I'm sure I'll, I'll talk about it next week. If there is something really serious here. Um, moving on to the, the current team this year, we talked about it a little bit before we, we hit record. I had this team winning 77 games this year. They're obviously going to, we're staring down the barrel of hundred losses. What was your preseason expectations for the Royals? How did you see them back in the end of March, beginning of April? I was pretty close with you. I had them at 75 wins. Um, Looking back on it, I even overvalued the pitching. Like I thought Mm -hmm. I did too. I thought they'd be better. I thought, I thought Brady Singer and and to your point about Brady Singer being a one, two, I think he's been around a two. He's just, there's inconsistencies there. Sometimes Correct. he looks like one of the best pitchers in the American league. Yes. And then sometimes you just get schlacked like mm-hmm. that. That's going to be his next development is just be consistent with your stuff. Trust your stuff because yep. it's awesome. But I, I, I can't believe Chris Bubich has been this bad. I just can't believe it. I can't believe that like Daniel Lynch has been this bad. I can't, I, it's so hard for me to fathom. And Grinky, like I thought Grinky would be better, to be quite honest with you. Like over the full season, I thought he would be better. I thought the Royals bullpen would be better. You know, I even kind of liked Carlos Hernandez a little bit, but I mean, that was a terrible take by me. That was like, no, I've never been a Carlos Hernandez guy. Like I've described it as the most like disappointing hundred mile an hour fastball I've ever seen. That's what I'm saying. I see this, I see the stuff, and I'm like, maybe I, I wasn't like, oh, Carlos Hernandez, top of the rotation kind of guy, but I thought maybe as a filler, like he could give you good innings, but he has just dropped off the map. And, you know, there have been some, you know, Salvi took a step back this year. He's caught on lately. He's been great lately, but some injuries there. Just he wasn't the 48 home run guy. So just everything kind of fell flat this year. But there's a lot of things to look forward to. I mean, Bobby Wood Jr. 
is Trey Turner light at this point. Like he's going to be I like tw- that comp. He's going to be a 25-30 guy in a quote unquote bad rookie season if we're comparing him to Julio Rodriguez and Spencer. Right. Turner. I like, think that's, that's where thing. he belongs. Like I don't want to compare him to guys, you know, solid rookies because he's not. He's one of the best prospects in all of baseball. And he's so fast and he's just got to improve with the glove a little bit. I think we can all understand that, but he's also been switching between third and short. So I give him a full season at short. He's earned it. So, you know, yeah, that's so there's a lot of things to look forward to, but there's a lot of things that fell flat this year. And my 75 win projection fell flat. Other than Bobby, what do you think of some of the other, the other bats you mentioned liking MJ, you like Prado Prado just got sent back down to triple a, but he was striking out like 36% of the time. So I get it. I think he, he's certainly going to be a part of what we see in 2023 for the Royals, but other guys like Michael Massey, Vinny Pasquantino, uh, Nate Eaton that have gotten some some run. What do you think of those guys? How do you think they fit into the next year's uh, team in the core moving forward? I think Vinny Pasquantino is one of the most underrated young prospects in the entire sport. First of all, batted ball data loves this guy. He has been a player who has hit at every single level and will continue to hit in baseball. A lot of these guys get very underrated. You know, they're not the sexiest looking players. They're not like Bobby Wood Jr. with the gorgeous hair. Or, you know, they're not like MJ Melendez who just looks like a freak of nature. Like, or Julio Rodriguez with the Mariners who, like, it's easy to look at them and dream on them. It's not as easy to look at a Ty France of the Mariners and dream yes. on him or, or guys like that. Like, he will be Vinny Pascantino. I think could be an all-star. Like that's how high I am on him. Especially with the shift going away next year. Exactly. Like he is, he is a guy who I think Royals fans can dream on as a stud at the position. Like I'm, I'm a Nick Prado fan. I think Nick Prado is a good player, but I think Vinny Pascontino is that guy at that position. And I'm obviously the huge fan of MJ Melendez. He's a fan of the, he's, he's a friend of the program of here, the just baseball show. We've been following his career ever since he was in college with Merville Melendez down at FIU. Like he has just been a, consistent he i think he led the le- minor leagues in home runs like that's the kind of guy we're dealing with last here. Year, yeah. exactly like he is just such a good player great head on his shoulders and bobby wood jr who i'm in love with like i, I think he's awesome <laughs> I mean, yeah what else you say? It, it's it's wild that we look at bobby wood jr's rookie season and there are people that think it, like he's been bad or like he's been underwhelming i'm like he went 2020 as a rookie there have been like five dudes that have done that like first year players <laughs> Like he's just getting judged in a rookie class that is, that is nuts. like Spencer Strider could win the Cy Young. Julio Rodriguez looks like an MVP. Adley Rutschman looks like already the best catcher in baseball. So since Bobby Witt isn't the best shortstop in the American League, bad rookie season. That's how right. he's being judged, which is just unfair because Bobby Witt Jr. in another season where we weren't having some of the greatest rookies that we've seen in the past decade, he'd be rookie of the year and everyone would be ooing and awing. I think there's just a couple of things that Bobby Wood Jr. has to work on. He has to see more pitches. He just has not walked like I thought he might because he's a more disciplined hitter than he's shown so far this year. And then the glove. And that'll just come with time. He's so young. He's 21 right. years old. Like he, Bobby Wood Jr. is three years younger than Adley Rutschman. I mean, give him a yeah, second. That's, I say yeah, this on the podcast yeah. all the time. Give the man a second. He showed what he can do at a, in terms of a talent level. Let him turn 22. Let him turn 23 years old. Like, yeah. let him just mature a little bit, and he's going to be one of the best shortstops in our game. Yeah, I think one of the biggest revelations from this Royal season is the fact that Vinny Pasquantino isn't just a nice story, and no, he, he actually is a legit middle-of-the-order bat for the next six years. And if I could give him an extension right now, like the Braves gave Michael Harris, I'd do it in a heartbeat. As you should. Uh, 
he he's a guy that you give the team friendly extension to right now. Right, take now. him into his his mid thirties and you let him be a career royal. Um, and then he, but then you still have guys like Michael Massey, who I love as well. One of the best defenders at second base. He's going to be really good when the shift goes away too, and he's not having to make throws from the middle of right field. Like the arm strength isn't fantastic, but the glove is great. He's shown really nice bats of ball skills. He walks a little more than he's going to be in really good shape. And then Nate Eaton. I don't know if he's an everyday guy, but he's just a dude that just grinds like for at any position. He has played left, center, right. He has played a little bit of third, you know, for this team. And nothing else. He's a great bench bat. He's got a 97 weighted runs created plus right now. Um, shown a, not a, not a lot of pop. He's striking out a little more than you want, but a great utility player for this team moving forward. There there is a lot to like here to where I don't think the Royals, if they want to go into free agency, they don't need to spend on a position player unless they unless there's just surplus value somewhere and you just take it and there's someone left on the market late and you want to bring him in it gives the royals a great opportunity to just go and invest in pitching via trade and via free agency let these young hitters go because i think they have a chance to be a top 10 top 12 offense with just these young guys in there right now add in salvador perez and you know michael a taylor or something next year and we'll go from there and while it doesn't seem bright right now you look at the standings and you see a hundred loss team. They are in a better position if they revamp the pitching than most of the lesser teams in baseball for the lack of a better Correct. word. Just like the fourth and fifth place teams, you look around major league baseball. Like there are some teams who have massive issues. Like for mm -hmm. example, with the Marlins, they're the opposite of the Kansas City Royals right now. They have all the pitching, but they can't hit. Yeah. And, you know, pitchers, they can get injured more often. Like, the, the Royals have all the hitting. Like, if, if you combine those teams, they'd be amazing. But yes. the Royals have a better opportunity to, to do than maybe the, even the Miami Marlins do because with their guys, you know, with Sandy, you're getting the best out of Sandy now, but they are running him into the ground. Like, Pablo Lopez has not been um, as good as maybe the first half he was. And, like, they have a lot of guys. Like, Max Meyer, I could get into it deep, but – They've just had some injuries there in the starting rotation. Right. Like the Royals, their offense is primed. Like there is no question marks here. There's some question marks with the Marlins, and then there's massive question marks with the offense. The only thing, because the Royals have the pieces. You know, yep. the Marlins don't even really have the hitting prospects. Like the Royals have great pitching prospects. They are able to draft great pitching prospects. You just have to revamp how you teach these guys with great stuff in order to be great pitchers that's it then they're there like there are tangible things that you can say this is what we have to fix you can go in the offseason and fix it and you will be a better team and the marlins have an issue that the royals do not marlins are have to deal with the braves and the mets yep the royals there's a window there like this could be a good team a lot earlier than i think a lot of people think absolutely if there were any free agents or trades like trade type pitchers for like a controllable type starting pitcher, like the James Shields trade they made a couple of years, you know, back in 2013. Is there anybody that comes to mind for you? Cause I have my names. I was just curious. If there is anyone that that's comes to mind for you that you, you think would be good for the Royals to go get. See, it's funny enough. I thought Tyler Malley from the Reds was, would, would be a good addition for them. Um, not a great one. Just kind of one of the under the radar type names. Interesting. Um, if I'm, if I'm the Royals, 
I want to go get guys who are pitchers first. Like, I don't even care about your stuff. Like, go get Merrill Kelly of the Diamondbacks in that That way. was one that my buddy brought up on the Royals Farm Report show uh, the other day. Because Alex Duvall and I, two of their co-hosts, we, we were dreaming on Zach Gallen, but I think his price is way too high right now. With high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be crazy. I'd still do it. I'd still oh, yeah. do it. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> awesome. But, like, go get guys who don't need good stuff at all and can help these guys along the way. Like are the Royals in a position to leverage their farm in order to get a Zach Allen? Like you put Zach Allen in this rotation. How many more wins better are they? Like, I yeah. feel like you almost need the Merrill Kelly's of the world. Bring a couple of those guys in because I don't know if Zach Greinke is the veteran guy who's actually mm -hmm. teaching anything. Like he, he seems almost the opposite of that. Like he does his, own thing like bring in guys like Merrill Kelly bring in other guys around the league who will then come in and try and assist these guys and then maybe when you're better a year from now two years from now then you make the hammer for a gallon or guys like that then that's how I would deal with it at least firsthand because you bring in Zach Gallon now he's just maybe I'm sorry but like maybe the Royals ruin him like you there do is that, that like, there just is those things right there like bring in guys like be bridge guys because I don't think the window is right this second. Because, I mean, let these young guys, they're so young still, like, let them develop. We saw what happened with the Orioles. Like, the magic just ran out a little bit. They can catch fire because they're awesome, but they're just not there yet. But that's okay. Like, you have a plan. That's what you need from a team that's, like, there are plenty of teams in baseball who literally have no plan. Like, what's the Cubs' plan? That's a great question. Like, <laughs> Stein Stroman? How did that work? Like, yeah. there's just things that don't make sense for these teams. Like, have a plan, stick to the plan, and get better, and then you will get there in the long run. That's what I'd say with the Royals. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but the NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And that's right, we're talking touchdowns, we're talking big plays, and even bigger payout wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Listen, if that's not enough, DraftKings got you covered. Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg that you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. That's right. I paused a little bit because I had to make sure that was true. Right now, for every leg that you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With bigger payouts than ever, why would you bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. That's right. All season long. Here's what you got to do. You got to go to DraftKings Sportsbook and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You can see the show notes for more details. Now, let's get back to the show. On the free agent side, what do you think about Chris Bassett? I think that'd be a great addition. That's exactly the type of guy the Royals need. Guys, that Chris guy Bassett. is like meant to pitch in Kansas City. Literally, like he he Those is type of guys. meant to be that guy because he is very old school. I'm just going to go out there and pitch. I don't care about my numbers. I don't care about my spin rate. I just want to go pitch. And judging by what we've read in that name. article, it's it's perfect. I, I couldn't think of a better name. That that's those are the guys that the Royals need. You leverage the farm and you go get Zach Gallon. What does it do? Get Merrill and get Chris Bassett. Pair them with Singer. 
Lynch and Bubich in a rotation. That's real rotation. Those guys can help. That's pretty, that's not bad at all. On the position player side, I was thinking as people today, because I think the Royals are maybe one bat short. Um, And if you want to try and sure up like someone add that actually is worth a damn from the right-hand side and not Hunter Dozier. What about Brandon Drury? I'm curious what you think about that because he's already 30. I don't know if he'll command a ton of money um, or at least a lot of years because he's in a contract year, but it's still one of those like still a little bit of a like unknown just because this was a pop year for him. But if you go and get that guy and, and he can be a 20 to 23 home run guy for you, lock down third base, that would be interesting and give Bob and that would also give Bobby the security blanket a shortstop too. Here's my one concern about Brandon Drury. Brandon Drury really popped off at great American ballpark, which is basically yeah. a space station at this point. Then he goes over to San Diego and he's been good, but I'm afraid that you're going to pay him like he was in Kansas city. So I think it's a good addition depending on what the offer is. Like if you're trying to go three or four year deal and, like a Jorge Soler type deal where he got three years, 36 from the Marlins or Avisail Garcia, four years, 53. Like I would not do that. That's what if he's willing to do a two year deal at 20 million, I think that's worth it. You know, that's that pay him not for what he did in Kansas city, but pay him for what he's done maybe in San Diego. I think that's, that's how you should be looking at Brandon jury. Look at how he's done in San Diego. Yeah. I think that I, I was looking at the numbers today because I, I saw his name on the free agent list. And I was like, Oh, how's he doing in San Diego? And it's been like 700 OPS kind, maybe, maybe, maybe a little less than that. The power hasn't come other than the grand probably slam what that he, he hit is. his first game. Yeah. That's I mean, a little more. At, of what he look does. at Nick Castellanos. Remember Ooh. coming over great American, went over the Philly. How's that gone? He's a negative war player. Like he technically owes the Phillies money. Literally one of the worst players in baseball this year, which is just unfortunate. I guess we need more tragic events to like get him back. I don't know, but I the same thing. Oh, <laughs> so funny. Like I hate wishing stuff like that. But God, like the the meme is too good to not die. Like we need just, COVID to come back for him. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But all right. Uh, do you have any other final thoughts on the Royals before we kind of wrap up and just talk about baseball in general? To because uh, I frankly don't want to spend another twenty minutes talking about Hunter lost team. If I would be honest, I would just say, don't give up Royals fans. Like there are tangible things that you can fix. You are not in the dumps. The, the record is not a, the record is not indicative of where this team is heading. I know it's been a very disappointing season, but the future is brighter than a lot of teams that are in your position. Just know that you're not a bottom dweller. You won't, and you'll be better soon. All right, well, folks, if you didn't know, this is the last homestand for the Royals. They're finishing up a series with the Twins and then the Seattle Mariners come to town Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if you're looking to take your crew out to the K to any of those games, be sure to check out our friends at Tickets for Less. Ticketsforless.com has the best selection of tickets to all your favorite concerts, sporting events, and shows, including the Royals. Tickets for Less never charges per ticket fee, saving you big time over other sites out there. You can save even more using our exclusive partner code at checkout. Simply enter code KCSN22 when ordering your seats at ticketsforless.com. That code again, KCSN22. Damn, I want to get out to the Seattle series, but my son turns two on Saturday. I have been told by the wife that is a hard, hard, hard no, uh, which is unfortunate because I, as much as I love the Royals, I don't know if you know this, Peter, but I am a like live and die Seattle Mariners fan. I have awesome. since I was a kid. So to watch them actually hopefully get to the playoffs, even though they got shellacked by the JP Sears and the A's last night, um, they're just they're flirting with game. painful. Um, they're like flirting with how can I screw up a 99% chance playoff odds here? Like it just feels like at that at, the, at this point, uh, just because they've done it for so long. Uh, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping. 
Oh, they're um, great. I'm a, oh. I'm I've become a huge big fan of Seattle this year. They're it's, awesome. I mean, it's been incredible. George Kirby is so good. We've been on George Kirby now for a while, like ever since Elon, and he just yeah. took an enormous step up in the velo department, and then just doesn't walk anyone. I love and- him. In 2019, we did a draft guide over at Royals Farm Reporter. That was the Bobby Wood Jr. Adley Rutschman draft, and I wrote up George Kirby. I didn't know a ton about him. That draft is insane. If you go Loaded. look at the guys that are in the big leagues right now, it's nuts. And oh, I think also, that when we're done, go check out that Florida Gators team when it had Singer and Core on it. Oh, it's nuts. It is. It's a double A team. Yeah. What, There's like year, nine the big year they won the Natty. Ooh, would that be 2018? Did they win the Natty? I don't think they even won the national championship that year. Well, and I know the... It's like the greatest team to never win it or something. Yeah, well, and then the 2016 team, I was at that College World Series. That team had like Alex Fiedo, AJ Puck, Pete Alonzo, and like, yeah, Brady Singer and Dexico were on that team too. Yeah, that team yeah. is like... Yeah. All-star team. God. Okay, so just to talk about baseball in general as we're wrapping up these these last couple of weeks of the season, man, it's crazy how fast the season went. Um. I think it's cra- like Aaron Judge is going to win MVP like for the in the American League as I think he rightfully should even though I still believe Shohei is going to like it's not going to be unanimous like Shohei is still going to get first place votes I believe yeah which I think it's crazy that that's the like how crazy of a season you have to have to stop Shohei Otani from winning MVP you have to hit sixty home runs like you almost have to win a triple crown to stop Shohei from winning an MVP it's nuts I mean remember Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last year. He that almost won the triple crowd. He had 48 home runs, tied Vladdy, or I mean, tied South. Didn't even get world. a first place vote. And didn't even get a first place vote. Like what Shohei Otani does, he's right behind me on that poster, um, on that painting. Um, what he does is, we've never seen it before. But I understand the argument at this point where if you give it to Shohei this year especially, name it the Shohei Otani Award. Because then yeah. there's nothing anybody really can do. If you win the triple crown, while hitting 65 home runs, because the question at this point is not will judge pass Maris, it's will judge pass Sammy Sosa at 66 home runs. Yeah, like that's where we're looking at here. I even made a joke, it was a couple of days ago. I was like, if Aaron Judge hits, they had 16 games left. If he hits two home runs in every game, he'll finish with 91 because that that's what it felt like. That's the kind of well, pace I mean, he was playing on. in how many games left do they have in that Cracker Jack box in Yankee Stadium? 15 home runs. Funny enough, though, um. Yankee Stadium, when you look at baseball savant, like you look at park factors, and this is something that I'm always on right when I'm judging like so total sides for gambling. Yeah. You know where it ranks in terms where, of like actually? best for hitters? 11th. Interesting. Huh. Because the gaps are really like the gaps are bigger than That's you true. think. Down the line, oh, it's so easy to poke it out. But in the gaps and like to center, it's 408. So it's like it's easy to hit home runs if you pull it down the line and, you know, all the short porch jokes and like that's absolutely true. But in yeah. the gaps, it's not as easy to that's hit fair. those out. It's yeah. just an easy joke to make. It just oh, yeah. is. Um, God, I forgot the, the point I was about to make. Like I love um, the DJ LeMahieu home runs that go like oh, Or the Giancarlo feet. Stanton ones that get about seven feet off the ground. The and thing like, is, though, like he deserves those. That's he, he hits those 140 miles an, miles an hour. Yeah. Like, yeah, he deserves that ball, he, that ball he hit last night for that walk-off grand slam that ball i don't think it got more than 10 feet off the ground hits missile it was still going i mean i thought it drew a drilled a hole in the bleachers yeah but it go, to go back to otani for just a second like last season i and i've said it and i'm i'm curious and i'm sure you agreed like it was the greatest individual season in baseball history yep and he followed it up with probably a better season overall well, 
because he's going to, I think he can get hot and hit 40. If he hits 40 home runs, 200 strikeouts, and a sub, like, is he's what, a 2-5 ERA, something like that? Sub 2-5 ERA. Might be the, like, it might be greater than what he did last year in his MVP year. Judge just happened to hit 67 home runs. Here's what I think is the most underrated part about Aaron Judge. Because there is an aspect to baseball. Like, there's four things to baseball, right? There's base running, there's fielding, there's hitting, and there's pitching. Shohei Otani pitches and Shohei Otani hits. Doesn't He's not as good as a base runner as Aaron Judge is, and he doesn't play the field. Aaron Judge has played 75-plus games in center field this year <laughs> while being a plus defender. It's like crazy that, how good Nobody talks about that. It's just they yeah. compare Aaron Judge, the hitter, to Shohei Otani, the hitter, and the pitcher. When Aaron Judge could steal 20 bases this year and play a plus defense in center field. Like that needs to be recognized when we talk about this debate because there are other things than hitting and pitching. Aaron Judge has been one of the better base runners and you put him in right field, he might be the best defensive right fielder after Mookie Betts. Like that's what we're dealing with here with Aaron Judge. He is not only having an incredible season at the plate, but he has become one of the most well-rounded players in the entire sport. And he has a 0.00 ERA technically. Technically, yes. <laughs> um, it's going to be, how much is it going to pain you when he signs with the Red Sox this offseason? Can we move on? <laughs> okay. One more question on the Aaron Judge um, yeah. and part of this. What is the home run record to you? Because to me, it's Bonds in 73. I know Jack on, on the baseball show yesterday said that it's uh, Maris because he doesn't want to recognize the steroid stuff. And I get that argument. But to me, like, it's an era of baseball. Whether we want to talk about how much it stained the game or not, at the time, it A, it saved the sport because of the home run chase in 98. And B, no one cared. Like it was so open and admitted and basically without, you know, without saying it, that these guys were doing steroids. Bud Selig didn't care. Other players were, everybody was doing it. Pitchers, hitters alike. And it really, like no one cared until the Balco investigation and the, you know, in like the mid 2000s when Major League Baseball flipped heel and acted like they cared. At the time, it didn't matter. So to me, I don't I, like. I recognize the Bonds and the McGuire Sosa home run records the same way that I do Maris and what Judge is doing right now. I don't. Maybe this is a cheap answer, but I just don't like to speak in absolutes when I think about like I, I'm not like Bonds is the record holder, Maris is the record holder. I'm kind of it's up to whoever I'm having the conversation with and their fair. interpretation of it. Like if you believe, and this is the same thing in the Hall of Fame debate, if you believe that steroids, like you took steroids, you should not be in the Hall of Fame and you don't recognize any of those records, okay. Like I, let's have that conversation. That's totally fine with me. Like I under, totally understand where you're coming from. It's cheating, should not have been allowed in our game. Whatever Bud Sealing did to go like this, which I totally agree with as well. But then on the same side, if you're like, we have to, we have to acknowledge this. Like Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs. He hit 762 home runs for his career. Those are the records. Like Bud Sealing did do this to the steroid era. Like they allowed it until they didn't. And to your point about the Balco investigation, sure. Like I just, I don't have a strong opinion either way. I okay. just like to talk it out. So if you say that the home run record is 73, sure. If you say the home run record is 61, sure. I know that's kind of a cheap way to go about it, but I just don't have a hard opinion on it. I just don't. I I go back I, and forth. Like I think I think both sides are right in a way. I don't think either side is wrong. So it's hard for me to take a side when I think both sides are right in their own way. 
Yeah, I've kind of changed my stance over the last couple of years. I was very much for a long time like steroid users don't belong in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, the Maris is the home run king and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think part of it is I, I've matured, like matured in my sense of like, especially in the Hall of Fame debate side of Cooperstown, like it's a museum. It is not a Hall of Fame. It's just there, you know, as it's a wing of the museum telling the story of the game of baseball. And to me, you can't tell the story of the game of baseball without Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy totally Sosa, agree. Roger Clemens, anybody else that's been linked to it. And especially there are guys in the Hall of Fame that were linked to steroids. And you can very clearly see if you look at their baseball reference page Pudge. when they were doing it and when they were Pudge, totally. Uh, Mike Piazza is linked to it. David Ortiz is linked to it. Like there are so many others that are that at this point, it's like, what are we doing this gatekeeping for? Because Barry Bonds said something mean to you in the media. Like, it's it's one of those like kind of what are we doing here? Another time, and this is uh, this is one I just thought of. I didn't really have a plan for this discussion about just baseball in general. Do you think some of the O'Neill Cruz discourse is a little overblown? What do you mean by that? So we see the highlight reel like every single night of him doing something ridiculous, and then you look at his numbers, and it's like he's oh, he's doing okay. Like he's striking out thirty eight percent of the time. He just now got over uh, one hundred weighted runs created plus. Like, I yeah. think so. Like, it's some, it's that aspect of it. Not necessarily that he's not Absolutely. one of the freakiest athletes to ever play the game, like he is. And does, and those highlight reels need to be out there just from a marketing perspective for baseball. But I was thinking about it the, like, like last week. I was like, man, I wonder how he's doing because I don't watch Pirates games every week. Who does? And I don't even think Pirates fans watch Pirate, Pirates games every single day. And I was like, oh, he's striking out 38% of the time and he's barely, you know, the OPS is like barely over 700. So it just some of it, like the discourse on it's a little, I think it's a little much right now. You know what I mean? It's a lot of much. Yeah. I called him one of the most overrated players in all of Major League Baseball. Canada breaking ball. I, and I, you know, I, I put out a tweet and this was uh, a couple of months ago, or maybe, you know, it was probably about a month ago. And, you know, how Yankee fans hate Isaiah Kinderfluff. I don't know if you've heard that <laughs> he, discourse. He's, he's the new whipping boy after Joey Gallo left. Exactly. Or Aaron Hicks really is. But that Isaiah Kinderfluff is also. They had the same WRC plus Isaiah yeah. Kinderfluffa and O'Neill Cruz. So I'm like, if you love O'Neill Cruz so much, like you better start giving Isaiah Kinderfluffa. But if you hate Isaiah Kinderfluffa, you better be on the same side with O'Neill Cruz. He can't hit a breaking ball. He just has no semblance of an approach up there. Will he get better? Of course he will. I think he'll get better. He's also really young. It's just we deemed him the prince of baseball. We put him in the same categories as Bobby Wood Jr. and as as Julio Rodriguez, and he's just not. He's he's on a talent level, like in a tools level, of course he is. He might be even better than them. Like he is almost as fast as Bobby Witt. He can hit a ball a hundred billion miles an hour. He has a, one of the most impressive arms I've ever seen in my entire life from the shortstop position. But baseball is in a game of tools, kind of similar to the Royals pitching situation. Yeah, It's not about a bunch of tools. Like you got, you need guys who understand the game of baseball and know how to play the game of baseball. And that's just something O'Neill Cruz has to learn. And he will. He's still really young. Freak. Yeah. Freak in nature. Yeah. But I agree. People are people are putting a crown on him already when it's like, what was he earned other than his highlights are crazy? Yeah, exactly. But he has, I don't know if he had 17 home runs. I thought he had way less than that, huh? Um, oh, yeah. He's hit some piss missiles. Yes. Like he's hit balls on the fly into the Allegheny. Like it's nuts. If he puts people, it all together, we're looking at a top five player in the sport. But you can't it's a matter of the same breath as Bobby Jr. Not I even made a TikTok that did really well because um, people were like, oh, yeah, O'Neill Cruz is definitely faster than Bobby Wood. I'm like, the internet is free. I'll show you right now. Like, <laughs> go to the first sprint speed, like everything. Like, what? 
He's just not. But you think he is because of what you've seen on the internet. When the yeah. internet, like, go to the good part of the internet, not Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, what well, one final, like, baseball question debate here. Just I'm curious your thoughts. Um, besides the obvious answers of, like, DeGrom, Scherzer, Spencer Schrider, I think kind of fits into that argument now, Clayton Kershaw. Like, the appointment TV starting pitchers, who's someone you're tuning in to watch, you know, whenever their start's up? Besides, like, the obvious names that we can, you know, all think of. Well, I'm obsessed with Cal Quantrill. The oh, I know you. Yes, I've seen the tweets that <laughs> yeah. like the zoomed in Cal Quantrill face. He's my favorite. Um, I mean, watching a Shohei Otani start is pretty awesome. Oh, I yeah. have been I have been tuning into a lot of Luis Castillo starts. <sighs> I've been very intrigued with what he's been doing with Seattle. Um, who else across the league? Just the first kind of names that come to mind. Nick Lodolo with the Reds. He's I'm a big fan of his. He's so I'm just kind of thinking of guys who like you know I could say I watch a yeah. bunch of Grom starts I watch a bunch of Julio Arias starts I watch a bunch of Gary Cole starts yeah everybody does how about the guys who you should be watching more of um, off the top of my head again just naming more guys um, Aaron Nola's been fun to watch this year uh, Zach Allen of course has been fun to watch I mean I could keep going forever. Yeah, um, but those are really the guys who I think about most. Obviously, Sandy has been on my list just because I have that Cy Young ticket. That, so I've been he, wanting to I watch put him team. in the league of no. Yeah, because it is <laughs> some of the best, nastiest stuff in the He's game. Awesome. Uh, Dustin May for me has always been one. I scouted him in Double A when he was in Tulsa and Oklahoma City. Just, I mean, at that time, like, I mean, it was illegal what he was he doing like to some drunk. of those Double A hitters. Yeah, it is some of the nastiest stuff I've ever seen live in a game when you're set behind home plate and you're watching him throw 97 just bowling balls right at the back foot of a right-handed hitter and then you see him go to the big leagues and he's throwing 100 doing it now it's like my god i don't and know how anybody touches him ever no like you've seen what he's done to manny machado like those those at bats in 2020 when he i mean that could be considered just bullying on the internet like that would get reported on twitter what he was doing potential to hall of famers look like children yes it's, but, and honestly, I mean, a little bit, I'm a little bit of this is just because I'm a Mariners fan, but George Kirby is a ton of fun to watch because he doesn't walk anybody. He's throwing strikes all night. And now that he figured out that two seamer that he just randomly started throwing mid season. Now it's his best pitch. Like that is, that is nuts. And now he's, and he's throwing that thing back door at 97. Like, and still not walking anybody working in a new pitch. It's crazy. As a Mariners fan, game three, who are you starting? George Kirby. Not Logan. Not Logan. Logan has been too volatile the last two or three months. Now, ever since he started growing out the goatee, he's been an ace. But I would still give it to Kirby over Logan right now. Would you give Kirby the game two start over Ray? Ooh. No. I no. still like Robbie Ray. Like okay. I don't like I don't I think the Robbie Ray discourse is a little overblown sometimes. I agree. I think like he's, he's been good. He's been he's exactly he's been really good. Not great, really good. No, I would go Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, George Kirby. And if there is, you know, if you want to give a game four start, then you can give it to Logan. Or you just let Logan Gilbert probably throw 102 out of the bullpen, which would be ridiculous. I funny. think the Mariners are going to be so much fun. It's just can they, they hit enough? Okay. And a little bit of Royals tie here. Um, they give me serious 2014 Royals vibes, like a team that's not amazing hitting, but they have some really nice young players. They're going to do enough to win and they're going to pitch their ass off. And if it, yeah. you are losing, in the sixth inning, you're screwed because you're the bullpen is going to be 
Oh, and uh, not a starting pitcher, but when Matt Brash comes out of the bullpen, that is legitimately some of the most disgusting stuff I've ever seen. I think he might have the best slider already in the game. It, by Stuff Plus, I think it is. Makes sense. It yeah. looks that and, and just Stuff Plus, yes. Just watch it, yes. Yeah, like it, exactly. It, it, it checks all the boxes of the traditional fan could say, oh, I don't care about the numbers, but look at that slider. And then the, you're deep into the weeds in the stats. Hey, look at this slider. It's It's amazing. Yeah. Well, Peter, this has been awesome. This is not the last time you're coming on the show. I'm just telling you that right no now. No shot. Um, and if you need just someone to come on and rant, if one of your guests needs an off day, I'm more than welcome to pinch hit on just the Just Baseball show. Got you, but, my friend. This is fun. Absolutely. Before I get you out of here, this is the question I ask to all my guests that come on this show. You're a Yankee fan, so I'll couch it this way. If you were to take an at-bat in Yankee Stadium, what's your walk-up song? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, all the leaves are brown is like the song that I listen to at the gym. It's like, but there's like a, a remix. It's by this guy named Hoochie. It's like, it's, it, you've maybe heard it before in a like football theme song. It's like all the leaves are brown and yeah. the sky is great. And then it just drops like that, that I think that just, that makes my, gives me tingles. Like that's what I'd probably use. Need something with like help you run through a wall, <laughs> like Literally. basically. Yeah. Okay. Fair exactly. enough. Exactly yeah. that kind of song. Awesome. Well, Peter, this has been awesome. Plug your socials really quick so everyone can go follow you and your work. Especially if you're a Royals fan, wanted to see stuff on a more national level. Where, where can they find all your stuff? Definitely. Like we um we write Royals all, articles all the time. We have a Royals writer on JustBaseball.com, and you know instead of paying for the Athletic. All of our articles are free over there at JustBaseball.com. Uh, you can follow me at PeterApple23, but it's not spelled like the fruit. It's A-P-P-E-L-23. Um, I host the Just Baseball show. I host Not Gambling Advice, um, but all on Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. And Just Baseball Fans is our tag across social, TikTok, Instagram. Um, we're at JustBBMedia on Twitter, and uh, that's where you can find me. And I write an article every day on JustBaseball.com with my best bets of the day. So if you're if you're into writing or if you're into reading, you can read the article. If you're into listening, you can hear it on the podcast with my props. Be sure to check that out. Be sure to like, rate, subscribe this episode. Be sure to follow the audio channel for everything we're doing at One Royal Way and Royal Storm Report. Follow all the awesome stuff we're doing at Kansas City Sports Network. We'll talk to you all next week.